Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. We are just a few days away from the championship weekend in the NFL, AFC and NFC championship games, both on Sunday. After last weekend's divisional round, I don't think you can top it, but we got two matchups that we're going to dive into tonight, but we also got a, a lot of news today in the NFL and a lot of head coaching carousel uh, around the league as well. But I can't just talk about it myself because you get enough of me. So I had to bring in, uh, I had to get this man's opinion because I know he's probably hurting because is is one of his favorites, Tom Brady, took took the L on on a Sunday afternoon. But uh, Benny, uh, good to have you on again, man. And how uh, was that tough for you to watch TV twelve lose to uh, Matt Stafford Sunday afternoon? What's up, Jug? Thanks for having me back on. And man, that game was like vintage Tom. I don't think there was anybody watching that game um, that didn't think the Bucs were going to pull that out. It's like he has some weird spell that causes other teams to just, they're like, I don't know, their assholes start clenching up because <laughs> some of the plays the Rams were doing were ridiculous. Those fumbles and like Cam Akers, you had one job, just hold on to the ball, man. And Tom Brady, he has that spell. So um, some questionable calls on the Bucks defense, uh, on that last drive and they pulled that out shout out Matt Stafford. He played well, but yeah. I did think Tom, he was going to pull one last uh, horseshoe out, but couldn't be done. And what do you think that is? Because there's no doubt about it. He's a great quarterback, but I, I think we can both agree, you know, Mahomes is more talented. Uh, you know, Rogers has more you know, arm talent, but I agree. You just see teams fold like the, the Falcons, just gagged the Super Bowl. Like I know it was a good night for you. Your your Patriots <laughs> won, but they should. Tom shouldn't have won that game. I mean, the Seahawks at the goal line. Do you think like wh- why do you think there's so many of these instances when it comes to Tom Brady? It's a great question, and honestly, I don't really have a good answer for you. I really do think almost teams start overthinking it with Tom Brady. Like they get away, they think they have to start doing fancy stuff or, or really they just start feeling the pressure. They're like, oh, Brady's done this before. He's going to do it again. And they start doubting themselves. Like it, it's tough. You don't really know why it happens, but, but clearly it, so we've seen it time and time again. And we almost saw it again, um, if not for a miraculous comeback by Stafford there. Yeah. Um, after the game and, and this week on uh, Brady's podcast with, with Jim, Gar- uh, Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, it was the first time we've really heard Brady kind of talk about the end and, you know, talk about family and his wife, Giselle. And uh, it was a really, it was a turnaround for Tom where, you know, he's usually, I'm playing and, you know, I, he doesn't seem to, family seems to come third or fourth in the list of priorities. Do you think that Tom is hanging them up this off season? For the first time, I, I'm putting like the percentage, if I had to rank the percentage, I'm putting it over leaning towards over 50% for the first time in his career. The comments, what you just talked about there on his podcast, it's really the first time he's been that open about, he knows the end is coming and it's probably sooner rather than later, which I mean, we've all been expecting for years, but it's the first time really he's talked that openly about it. Obviously Giselle, she probably definitely plays a, a big factor in this decision, I'm sure, but um, it really does for the first time, as much as it hurts to say, it sounds like I would not be shocked if he's done. 
And really, I say, like, it sucks being a Brady guy to see him hang it up, but I don't think it would be the worst thing for him. He went out looking as, you could argue, as good as he ever has in terms of yardage and the touchdowns that he put up all year. Um, and I would I would hate to see him go out looking like Peyton Manning or Big Ben did in, in those last years. And I know Brady, like, obviously hasn't shown those signs yet of slowing down. Um, but as much as he seems like he's a superhero, I'm sure it would happen eventually. So... Uh, I wouldn't be terribly sad if he did decide to hang it up. It would suck, obviously, but um, it's not the worst timing, in my opinion. Yeah, after Sunday, I was probably at a zero because I'm just like, oh, okay, Tom's bloviating and he's, you know, doing the Brady shtick. But after listening to that interview, I'm with you. I'm, I'm closer to 60 to 65%. And I think he he obviously could play next year and he could probably play at a high level. But I also agree with you that why be Peyton Manning? You know, eventually you're going to be a below average quarterback. Why not go out the way you're playing rather than, you know, go out the quarterback you were in 2001, you know, go back to what you were, you know, when you first started. And I, he's still, it doesn't matter. Like another Super Bowl is irrelevant. You know, I'm sure it would matter to him. But in the record books, when it comes to people talking about the greatest football players of all time, he'll always be on the list because of the Super Bowl titles, because of, you know, the passing yardage leader, the career touchdowns, completions, what have you. And I think it, you know, it's you don't need to say it. He'll be on the list with Lawrence Taylor, with Gary Rice forever when it comes to the best court, the best football players of all time. Oh, you're, you're bang on. Like, he has nothing left to prove. And I feel like maybe he's finally coming to terms with that because right. it's felt like he's he's obviously the most probably competitive guy you'll you'll ever see, and I always feel like he's striving for more and more and more, and he just never seems quite satisfied. But it seems like maybe it's just that that old age as it comes as you get older that he's finally coming to terms with like, hey, like I've accomplished quite a bit in this league. I am without a doubt going down as one of the greatest football players of all time. Uh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's finally time. Yeah. And do you think any of it has to do with Tampa Bay? Cause I look at this team and he didn't have a lot to play with on Sunday. Uh, Gronk is not what he used to be. He's gone through like five back surgery. He, he's a beat. He's not, you know, he's an older guy. Uh, Chris Godwin's going to be a free agent. His center, Ryan Jensen um, is a free agent. Donovan Smith isn't exactly a stud anymore. And, you know, their defense, uh, JPP, you know, is contemplating retirement. So this roster is getting older and it's not as good as it once was. So do you think any of it might have to do with he doesn't think he can will a subpar team to a Super Bowl anymore like he did in the past? No, for sure. I think that has to play a factor. He's not going to want to be on a mediocre team and if you look around like you said a lot of these guys that were studs when he got there either either declining or going to be left um and Bruce Arians I don't think is quite as good of a coach as maybe he gets the reputation for yeah. um, I think maybe Tom sees that too so um for sure he's not going to want to be a part of a mediocre team which um and I don't know if he wants to move to another city again unless it's maybe Niners like closer back to his roots at home, something like that. Um, but I can't see him going anywhere like random-ish, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> Let me throw one scenario by you. 
I, I, I think the Niners is an interesting one. Obviously, Kyle, I mean, he might go to a Super Bowl with, with his, uh, with his, with porn star Jimmy, which we'll get to. <laughs> but um, what about Brady to the Dolphins? <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense from a team perspective, and you're right, like good defense and he's got weapons around him on offense, and it's good sort of building block, and they're sort of just missing that, uh, that piece at QB. Um, pretty close to where he is now. So it's not like I'm sure you could leave the the kids at the house at wherever they're at now. So something I've not thought about, but it does make a little sense when you start digging into it. That would be weird though, from a, from a past fan, fan perspective, yeah. having to play him two times a year in the division and just seeing him in that uh, that Miami green, that would, it just feels wrong. So right. from a past perspective, I, I gotta say, I can't see that, but it's not the worst idea I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean they got a good roster. I just I I think they would have been a playoff team if they have a better quarterback uh, this year. And uh, but yeah, that that one came to mind for me. I, I mean San Francisco would make a lot of sense as well. They we see their roster uh, and it's with a below average quarterback. Um, another number twelve who loves a headline uh, and loves to be the center of attention. That would be Aaron Rodgers. Um, he flamed out s- Saturday night, uh, a night prior to Tom Brady. Didn't look quite as impressive as TB12 did, as he only put up 10 points in the loss to San Francisco. Is Aaron Rodgers done in Green Bay? That's a tough question. I've, I'd almost put it at 50-50. It's so tough. It's interesting. I think maybe we'll get into this a bit. We saw his OC... Uh, leave to the Broncos, which are rumored to have a good want to acquire an Aaron Rodgers. So maybe that's an option there. But um, in terms of he's so tough to read, right? And say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He's an interesting cat. You never really like he openly says he likes Matt LaFleur and all this stuff. But does he really like I have no idea. Does he like this offensive coordinator coordinator in Green Bay? I have no idea. I don't think anybody will know except for him. Um, so I think it it comes down to who who does he like more, honestly. I think that's how, at this point in his career, and what Green Bay does with their roster. I know we've heard a lot of talk about they have some moves to make. they got to sign or franchise Devontae, and there's a couple other big uh, pieces on their roster that potentially could be on the move. Um, so he's in the same position as Brady where he's not going to want to be on a team that's either rebuilding or mediocre. Like he wants to be in a win now situation, which I think Denver does make sense in that. I think they're just missing that QB. Um, so in terms of staying in Green Bay, I almost put that 50, 50 right now. And uh, it's, I think a lot of people forget me included that he's still under contract with them. I know they have some sort of like agreement that they'd release him if that's what he wanted, Um, some verbal agreement. So we'll see, but uh, he still is under contract for Green Bay this upcoming year. Yeah, with Aaron, um, he had a great year in the regular season on the field. Uh, Off the field, PR obviously took a a big hit for for Mr. Rogers. with the old uh, immunized and everything, everything else, and Hubbar Arkish taking shots at him, which was funny. But if I'm Aaron, you know, I heard all week, well, special teams is why Green Bay lost this game, and I don't, 
yes, it was a big, but I think Aaron takes 70% of the blame. He put up 10 points. I, I get it. San Francisco is a good team, but why not throw it to somebody other than Devontae Adams? He threw the ball every play. He could have been triple covered. It, it made no sense. You know, Lazard must just be like, okay, I, I can't catch anything. I mean, I was pretty good in the regular season. But for Aaron, they got $48 million over the cap, but they can make that work. Teams do it all the time. And I like Denver. I think Denver has a roster to win a Super Bowl. I said that this year. I think they could have, you know, if they had a quarterback – that is an elite one. They could win because their roster is loaded. It's very similar to when Peyton Manning joined it uh, in 2012 because, you know, they have all the pieces you'd want. You look at Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. I mean, I, I love, I love their team. Uh, Bradley Chubb uh, on the defensive end. But if you're Aaron and you're looking at it, why not stay in the NFC North? You know, you're going to win the division. You're likely going to go five and one every year. I mean, you have the Bears, new coach, which we'll talk talk about. Minnesota hasn't hired a coach yet. They still have Kirk D. Cousins at quarterback. And Detroit is Detroit. I mean, you're guaranteed to win the division, and you have a you have a good chance of competing for a number one seed every year. So if it's about winning a Super Bowl, the, as much as I like the Broncos roster, you got to play Mahomes twice. You got to play Herbert twice and you got to play Derek Carr twice. I mean, that's a much tougher road to just making the playoffs than it is uh, in Green Bay. That's a good point that AFC West is absolutely stacked and it's almost a cakewalk uh, in the NFC, uh, the NFC North. And I think the NFC in general, you sort of maybe have an easier road going Especially forward. Especially Brady retires. Yeah, absolutely. So who's like the Rams, they'll probably still be good. And yeah. Niners, of course, will still be good. Um, but that you're right. You almost you can cruise through the regular season. And I think that's what he'd want to do. He, he doesn't want like I can see at that age, you know, like in the grind of week in and week out having to give it all. So you kind of can't put it on auto cruise for a lot of those divisional games throughout the year, which I think was something that would be enticing to him um, and turn it on once you make it to the playoffs, because really he'd be coming back for at this point to only play four, three games, however many you play in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Denver, I also think if he's going to move, if it's just about fit, I think Vegas would make sense, but this is more from the organization standpoint. They host the Super Bowl next year. We know Mark Davis loves to make a splash. And, you know, the Rams, if they win this week, they will be in a at a home Super Bowl. They'd be the second team in a row to do it following what Brady did last year. They're going to be under some pressure to do something big, uh, Benny, because we saw the last two owners plunge and it worked out for them. I'm sure Vegas, if they miss the playoffs or just flame out again, it's not going to be a good look to see the past two teams get to host a Super Bowl while you're golfing for the, you know, fifth straight week. It's crazy how that literally never happened ever. Basically. I don't think last year was the first time first that time, a team yeah. had won at home. Right. And now like it's potentially going to happen again. It is pretty crazy. So that's tough timing for the Raiders with uh, hosting it next year, but you're right. Big Mark Davis, he's never afraid to make a splash usually not for great reasons, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that either. You mentioned Nathaniel Hackett uh, was the OC in green Bay, new head coach of Denver. 
if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, does this hire make sense? No, I think part of the reason they made this hire has got to be to try to lure Aaron Rodgers over. I don't see another reason for it. I know he gets way overshadowed in Green Bay, and I'm sure he's a good offensive mind, but Matt LaFleur is doing a lot of the grunt work on that oh, offense. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm sure this guy's good offensive mind, but I think a lot of this has to do with, hey, Aaron, they must – like in the interviews, I would assume that this topic came up and that he has a good relationship with Rogers. Um, Cause I feel like that's the only way this hire made sense. Yeah. Because there's a lot more qualified people in my opinion than Nathaniel Hackett. And let's just talk about this for a second. Eric, the enemy has been off for, we've heard forever. Eric, the enemy is up for this job and up for, it's been like three years and he's, a great offensive coordinator in Kansas City. I get he was with Patrick Mahomes, but he had a really good offense with, with Alex Smith. He's a good he's a good football coach. And he never gets a job. And the fact that this Hackett, who you've never heard of, gets gets a job, Eberflus gets one in Chicago, and Bienemy, if he doesn't get one this cycle, the NFL, which always says, you know, it's working on this diversity problem and this like it something has to be done. If, if he doesn't get one, this hiring cycle, it makes no sense to me. And, and there's a bigger systemic issue in the national football league. No, you're, you're bang on. It's a terrible look, but, and I'm not saying what I'm about to say is right at all, but it almost feels like he doesn't want like a head coaching job. Like I don't see why he hasn't been hired. It's almost like Andy Reid is like told him behind doors, like, Hey man, I'm out in a couple years. Like you right. can take over. That's almost what it feels like at this point. Cause like you said, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. This guy hasn't been given a head coaching job at this point. And it's hard to see Andy Reid leaving because you got Mahomes. <laughs> You've been to four straight AFC championship games. I'd say they're the odds on favorite as of right now to win it. Uh, of the four teams remaining, I, I think they'd be number one. I'm sure Vegas has them as the top uh, betting favorite. Like it's hard to leave that, you know, Belichick's in a rebuilding team and he's like, I'm coming back. I'm 70. I don't care. Like guy, guys coach forever now. I mean, Brian Kelly is going to LSU. He's 65 years old. And he's like, I just signed a 10 year deal. Like it, it, these coaches stay in football forever now. So I just, Unless it is like, okay, we win the Super Bowl this year, I'm leaving, you take it, there's a there's a problem. Because Hackett, Eberflus, I'm not saying they're not good coaches, but like Matt Nagy got a job and he was with the Chiefs and Biennemi didn't get it. And I see a difference between the two of them and it's skin color. Uh, you're, you're definitely right. And it, yeah, it's weird that his name, you don't even see his name floated out, it feels like, anymore. Um all these yeah and then you hear guys that you've barely heard of getting jobs it's like something something doesn't make sense here something doesn't make sense yeah um i'm gonna list off some names for you and kind of give me if you were a team if who you think's the best hire josh mcdaniels todd bowles byron leftwich brian dayball jim caldwell who do you think's uh who do you think is like a lock to get a job in this hiring process out of those names? I think Brian Dable to the Giants. I want to say that it seems like it's almost a foregone conclusion at this point. Right. And rightly so. I think he deserves a job. What he's done um, with Buffalo been fantastic. That offense. I mean, we 
thought on a Sunday, the offense is fantastic. Obviously it helps when you have uh, somebody like Josh Allen, who's just a beast back there in both the run game and the pass game. Um, but I mean, he deserves credit to what he's done with that team. So I think he, out of that list, I think he is uh, the surefire lock. I think Leftwich too, it sounds like it was confusing. I almost thought like a couple of days, it sounded like he was gone to Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. today I'm hearing maybe New Orleans is in the mix, but Jacksonville is still the favorite. So I think it sounds like he's going to get a job, which good for him. I mean, he's a, a talented offensive mind. He was an okay quarterback during his career. Yeah. So um, it's good for him to get a shot too. Did you hear the juicy rumor about Jacksonville today that got people fired up on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, because I was looking at Twitter and one of the top trending things was Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, uh oh, what happened? And everyone's like, oh, if they hire Vic Fangio, Trevor Lawrence should demand a trade right now. I'm like, uh, yep, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. So, um, did you, uh, was that Matt Miller's Twitter account? I, I can't remember who it was. I just, yeah, yeah it I very well could have been. Yeah, he's a draft scout. I follow him too. And see, for everybody listening that didn't see it, um, <laughs> the Jaguars are obviously looking for a new coach after the Urban Meyer debacle. And, you know, it, like Benny said, it was looked like Leftwich was getting it for about two weeks, but it's still not a done deal. He's might go interview in Vegas tomorrow. New Orleans is requesting an interview. So, Lots happening. And then we hear they're interested in Vic Fangio, who, you know, Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator, turned around the Bears. They were actually competitive then, but not exactly a head coach. And he's also a defensive minded head coach. So they'd have to hire a great offensive coordinator to work with Trevor. And yeah, people are losing it because it's not an offensive mind. You've got to develop Trevor Lawrence. And I don't blame, I don't blame, I, I'm not totally, I'm not outraged by it, but I do think it would be a, a massive mistake to hire Vic Fangio because he sounds like a year, year and a half coach, and then you're fired. Like, it just sounds like it's going to happen, you know? You're right. Like, defensive coordinator, the guy's great, but when you have a rookie QB who is supposed to be or supposedly a generational talent, and he showed flashes last year, Trevor Lawrence, that he can be a stud give him a great offensive mind don't give him a head coach that's defense first unless like you said you can get creative and find uh, a really good offensive coordinator but I don't know where you're going to find that um, at this point in time so um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but coming from urban you don't know what's going on in Jacksonville they just may well do that all you know is dysfunction uh and yeah i i think day bowl the giants i think you're right there i do think leftwich makes sense in jacksonville um i think todd bowles deserves a job somewhere uh you know miami is open brian flores i didn't write him down i think he should get a, the, the, i don't know why he was fired in miami but that's a whole other story that's miami for you um eberflus in chicago a defensive-minded coach with Justin Fields. So I'm surprised the up, the outrage wasn't about this uh, hire. Yeah, they need to hire a great OC because it's about developing Justin Fields. They got a pretty good defense already. Yeah, exactly. And Justin Fields, I mean, again, shown flashes. But, I, I mean, it's always so tough for a rookie quarterback, especially when you put them in tough situations where they have Matt Nagy as a head coach and – 
really don't have a ton of weapons around him. Yeah. Um, so it's such a tough situation to judge him on, but like he didn't look fantastic this year. So um, I would be a bit concerned about that development if I was a Bears fan, especially now that you've hired, uh, like you said, another defensive mind. Sean Payton left the Saints this week. That caught me off guard. I don't know about you. I, I didn't see that one coming. I heard Dan Patrick mention it, and I'm like, okay, well, he'll stay, whatever. But he, he leaves the Saints, says he's taking a year off for sure, wants to get into TV, uh, and I, I do think he'd be a good analyst. Uh, I'm not so sure about the booth, but uh, I think he'd be good um, in the studio. But say he sits out a year, and there's a certain team in Texas that um, gets a lot of play. They are winning games, but they get to the playoffs and flame out like they normally do. You know, my, my original thought here is Sean Payton will eventually be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, my one thought is, well, is Jerry Jones going to give him all to say? We don't know that yet, but I, I do think Sean Payton would make sense in Dallas because he's coached there before he knows the area he's a great head coach for people listening Benny uh, lost some connection we'll try to get him back here but uh yeah Sean Payton is an offensive genius he turned around a New Orleans team that was inept they were you know they were in such a you know such a perilous position because they were going through Hurricane Katrina they were, it was the lowest point of that city's history. They couldn't, they couldn't do anything. They had people living in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And Sean Payton took that job. Drew Brees came as quarterback after a whole lot of uh, not knowing what he's like. And Benny uh, is back on with us. But just going through uh, Sean Payton, Benny, uh, you know, he did so many good things in New Orleans, you know, after Katrina, turning around that franchise, Drew Brees and him, just the success. Do you think after a year, maybe at Fox, I could see him going there, uh, maybe replacing Jimmy Johnson if he retires uh, in the in the studio? Do you think a, a, like a team in Frisco, Texas might be reaching out after another disappointing playoff flame out and they fire a, a certain head coach named Mike McCarthy? absolutely do and i'm sorry i don't know what happened there but uh i'm not sure what you talked about but the connections like there's a ton of connections with uh peyton and dallas obviously he coached there in the early 2000s and him and uh big jerry seem to have i think a fairly like public sort of friendly relationship over the years uh when peyton was uh, suspended for that year he was coaching kids in texas so the connections like there's so many that if you connect the dots it makes a lot of sense like one year left on big mike mccarthy's contract so you let him ride that out you assume uh him and the cowboys do their thing and probably lose in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> um so i think it makes a ton of sense for him to sit out this year and then um the question I think comes down to obviously we've seen him and Jerry somewhat friendly, but I mean, Jerry likes, he's a hands-on owner for sure. So 
will Peyton be able to put up with that? I think that will be the the big question. Yeah. You know, you look around Benny and like Mark Cuban is very well known. He's obviously got a big ego. I, I like him a lot. I'm a shark tank fan. He's my favorite shark. I'll openly admit that, but you know, he lets his personnel people do their thing. He doesn't get involved. He's an owner. He's at every game, but Jerry Jones has been the GM since he bought the team. And ever since he got rid of Jimmy Johnson, when Jimmy Johnson had full control, they haven't been to an NFC championship game since. And it's not hard to put the pieces together. You can blame the players over the years. You can blame the head coaches, but who's always been there? Jerry. And it, to me, he takes, I would love Sean Payton to be in Dallas because that's great content for me. But if you want to be successful as a team, he needs to have full control because the way it sounded in the, the other day, Sean Payton was head coach, but he was basically the GM because if Mickey Loomis liked one player and Sean Payton liked the other one more, they were taking the one Sean Payton liked. And I think it would have to be that way in Dallas as well. Yeah, I think for sure Sean Payton would be straight up with Jerry like, hey, man. But I, I mean, I feel like coaches have probably tried that in the past and Jerry is going to Jerry, but I mean, he's not getting any younger. So maybe eventually he'll realize, Hey, I got to lay off a little and let, uh, let the coaches do their job. And if Sean Payton gets those reins, I think it could be very, very effective in Dallas. Um, before we get to this weekend's games, uh, what'd you make of your Patriots season as a whole? And what do you want to see them do in the off season? You know, like they went on that run in the middle of the season. And I think that sh sort of shot up expectations. Maybe that shouldn't have been shot up so high. Um, that defense got exposed bad in, uh, in that playoff game. And I think that's priority number one. They got to get a bit younger and much faster. Like those linebackers. Um, like why is Gerard Mayo getting head coaching opportunities? Cause <laughs> did they watch that game? Those linebackers are old, slow. And like, I love the guys like Hightower has been around forever. Yeah, uh, always. Yeah. Like love them. But at this point they just, they can't keep up with the game too much anymore. Um, so they got to get faster there. I think that's the biggest key, but uh, the season as a whole, like if you told me going into the year, they'd make the playoffs and lose in the first round, like I'd probably be pretty happy with that, um, especially with the rookie QB. Um, but it was that run in the middle of the season that sort of shot those expectations, like I said, up a little too high to the point where it was disappointing, especially the way it happened. Like Buffalo absolutely mangled them in that game. So it's a tough way to go out. But I think overall, um, I was fairly happy with Mac. Uh, rookie QB it's not an easy position no matter what team you're on so um, I think yeah biggest thing is get get faster and find some uh, some new bodies on defense what about receiver do you think that's a position of need yeah yeah obviously the Harry experiment I think that's sort of worn worn <laughs> yeah. out here but like Jacoby Myers has been good but yeah they don't really have that uh, like that go-to guy uh, Henry sort of turned into that a tight end for Mac Jones towards the end of the year, I would say. Um, but if they can in the draft, uh, get, I don't know, they, they're what in the twenties. So you can't get one of the top end guys, but we've seen in years past, like guys like Justin Jefferson go around like 
late teens, early twenties. So you can get some guys there. Um, I like yeah, at Ohio State. Yeah, down. yeah, they got the couple monsters there at Ohio State, or uh, is it Mechie at Alabama? I've seen yeah. him and some mock drafts, so um, they'll have opportunities. And I wouldn't be shocked if they do go with receiver in that first round. Yeah, absolutely. Positive season, rookie court, only team with a rookie quarterback to make the make the playoffs, and good experience for Mac Jones, despite it being uh, obviously a non-competitive game. But you know, he gets to gets to show it and come back next year but there's four teams left only three games left in the nfl season which is sad i will say but you know benny last week Bengals give up nine sacks and somehow they won the game i don't know right thank you ryan Tannehill. Cincinnati <laughs> should be paying you know, his favorite local charity because he really gave them that that win but can they continue that their Cinderella run against Kansas City this week? Yeah, like you said, the Bengals, there's no way they should be playing in this game. They somehow brought back uh, like Adam Gase, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, like first step, you can't give up a billion sacks and you got to score more than one touchdown. Um, I know Evan McPherson has been a great story, but uh, I think you prefer him kicking extra points rather than a million field goals. So uh, first step for them is they got to put the ball in the end zone. I think they will, like you got to give some credit to Tennessee's defense. They're really good. Absolutely. I don't think Casey's defense is quite that strong and they have a couple question marks. Well, one big one with uh, Tyrone Matthew and his health status, which is huge. Um, and we saw like we saw this game just a couple of weeks ago, week 17. So uh, the Bengals, I don't think their offense can play that poorly again. Um, so I think like I don't you know, necessarily expect them to win the game, but I think the offense shows up and that'll be the key. They got to put the ball in the end zone because we know Kansas City is sure going to. Yeah, it's your point. Seven or uh, ten drives inside the 30 only two touchdowns so far this postseason. That can happen. They've also been sacked seven times when they're in that position. So that, that's that's a tough stat. And you're right. It's got to be sevens. It has to be. You can't. And you you got to win the turnover battle because Mahomes is probably not going to turn the ball over because it's the playoffs and he just doesn't do it. So you got to stay even there. But I also think Joe Mixon didn't get it going last week. I think they need to run the ball more. Uh, or at least use Jamar Chase. I liked how they used them late in the game when it comes to jet sweeps, play uh, play action end arounds. Because if, if it's just step back, drop every play, Joe Burrow's going to continue to get hit because it's that same offensive line. They haven't improved. It's the same guys coming out. You know, it's not a, a fresh offseason here. And KC doesn't have the pass rush of Tennessee, but Chris Jones ain't no scrub. Uh, you know, he he... He'll get to the quarterback. I mean, they got some, they'll blitz. I mean, they got uh, Willie Gay's having a good season. Melvin Ingram was a good addition. And I think if they, they need to control the clock and you know, not use Joe Burrow, obviously he's an elite quarterback, but don't have him drop back, you know, 45 to 50 times. Cause I don't think that's going to go well. Cause you, you can only get sacked so many times and win games. Yeah. And I think uh, you mentioned Jamar Chase. I think that will be a huge X factor in the game. Obviously, he's an electrifying player. Um, but if you look back to when they played in week 17, 
he had a ginormous game. He was fantastic. Yeah, 300 yards. Yeah, so I think Casey's defensive plan obviously is going to try to limit him. But the way he plays, sort of like a Debo Samuel almost, like you can use him in so many different ways, whether it's just quick screens or like you talked about, uh, the sort of the jet sweeps and end around. So you can get him involved, even if it's not a passing game. And uh, I think they got to get creative with him and uh, utilize his talents, obviously. And KC's secondary isn't great, but they need to double him or at least, you know, take your chances with T Higgins man to man with uh, Rashad Fenton potentially, or have him on chase because we saw what happened to poor Mike Hughes. I mean, Gabe Davis just rolled him. I mean, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Jamar chase will do that, but he'll have 300 because he's, he's just more electric than Gabe Davis. I mean, Gabe Davis, good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but that's how Cincinnati can stay in this game too. If they just have touchdown every drive and if, KC has breakdowns in the secondary and allows Cincinnati to score points early. That's going to put pressure on Mahomes. And we saw what he did last week. He can come back, but you also need that defense to make plays, which, you know, KC to be in this situation, their defense is not very like Cincinnati's off offensive line. KC's defense isn't very good either. Yeah. And quick shout out Gabe Davis, the least talked about four TD 200 yard game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Barely got talked about. So that was crazy. But you're right. I think Cincinnati's like third and fourth options on offense will be huge in this game. Guys like Tyler Boyd and Uzama, I think they're going to have to get in the mix. And um, we've seen that they can before. So I think that'll be crucial. What Mahomes did last week, um, that 13 seconds was incredible. <laughs> Um, you could say it was Buffalo being inept, but it's also Mahomes making, it's also Hill making the play, Kelsey, you know, Mahomes making those plays, but, you know, Allen went toe to toe. He played just as good as Mahomes. I think Burrow can do the same thing. I, I people are going to want to kill Burrow, like as he gets older, cause he's such a cocky guy <laughs> and he's kind of like, he's got like this prick, you know, this about him, but he's. I like him because he's just the man. Like he just doesn't care. He's not afraid. He doesn't know any better. And I don't think he's going to be intimidated going into Arrowhead Stadium on on Sunday afternoon to to play Mahomes and you know the four time uh, AFC straight championship games Chiefs. No, I, I totally agree. The way I describe Burrow, and I, I know cool is sort of like a weird term to use now, but he is just like, he's cool. Like that's the, the best way I can put it. And we've already heard him like in the media this week, he was like, yeah, I played in SEC stadiums, like Arrowhead's going to be nothing. So like, he's already sort of <laughs> playing those games a little bit. So like, he won't be faced by this one bit and you're right. Like he can go toe to toe. That guy can sling it with the best of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if it's another another shootout we got on our hands. And also, you know, Butker was one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL. And he made the one he had to last week, but he shanked an extra point and he shanked the field goal. McPherson's like Burrow. I think this whole team is <laughs> like you, like you said, they're cool, they're chill. Like they're just like, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, Romo. I, I love the quote with him, like, hey, I guess we're going to the AFC championship game before he goes on the field. Like, this team is the perfect team to come in because I think Buffalo, despite how good they played, 
sort of doubted that they could beat Kansas City. You know, they still had that, like, we lost them last year. You know, it's in the back of your head. It's like playing, like you said, playing Brady. It's that same kind of mystique where Cincinnati's like, Kansas City, they're nothing. This is this is our league, you know? So. You're right. You're bang on. I was listening to, uh, like, Evan McPherson on the Pat McAfee show, and he just, yeah, he just has that confidence about him that I feel like not a lot of kickers do, and it's kind of refreshing to see, but that kid's an absolute, absolute stud. And going back to Butker, yeah, Tony Romo absolutely ruined that guy because <laughs> they were going on and on about how great he's been, and then he missed that kick at the end of the half. And then you're right, he shanked that extra point too. So I'd be a little concerned about him. I know he has a huge leg, but obviously didn't inspire a ton of confidence last week. Um, I think the line for this game, I'm going to look it up here, but it was seven. It was seven, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look it up here because I want to get your – I know you're, I like your betting angles as well. Um, let's see here. NFL betting lines because – Point spread for this game, it is KC minus seven. Same, still line. So yeah, yeah this is a I'm surprise. It hasn't moved. I am too. I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to six and a half before uh, before oh, you think kickoff. It's go down? I was thinking that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people I've seen around Cincinnati, but I'm not sure. To me, it's just a complete bet with my heart over my head game. I hate Kansas City. There's no way I'm betting on them. So, <laughs> and I love Joe Burrow. So he's just. So I get you're a Patriots fan, but why the hatred for Kansas City? I mean, this isn't an old take and maybe overused at this point. Jackson Mahomes and Patty Mahomes' wife, I, I cannot stand. I don't like them with a passion. They're so, just. Big. <laughs> yeah. Are they like social media people or like reality people? Yeah, his brother's big on TikTok, but they just do oh, like they're just gosh. very ignorant. And like he was doing a dance, like a TikTok dance earlier this year on uh, Sean Taylor's like memorial thing on the field. Like he he didn't know obviously, but you gotta have some awareness. And his girlfriend like is just really loud and obnoxious and couple years ago when they were playing new england she complained about the fans and stuff so that got on my nerves so it's it's personal now it's personal now it's personal it's tough because i think patty mahomes is actually like a good guy he seems yeah, like i think least. so too like he's so just down to earth and he just does his thing and you know uh but you look at this afc i mean burrow mahomes allen you know, all you hear is, well, when Peyton's gone and Brady retires and Big Ben, our, our league's going to be so screwed up. Like, the, the NFL's fine. Herbert, all these young – like, the, the NFL's in a really good place moving forward because there are so many good young quarterbacks in the game right now. Oh, it's in, it's in great shape. The league is in good hands. Like you said, you can kind of make the comparisons if you want to label – Mahomes and Allen as sort of the Peyton and Tom and then you go down the list and you sort of have the Philip Rivers Roethlisberger's with Herbert and Burrow so yeah the the quarterback position is is in good hands that's for sure so who are you taking in the game I think Casey wins they've just been so good down the stretch I know they lost to Cincinnati late in the year that's their only loss in the past long time yeah. so um it's always they always say it's tough to beat a team twice and i think their their offense is just 
it feels like they're back to being unstoppable. I know earlier in the year, they kind of had a few hiccups. Mahomes didn't quite look great, but it looks like they have it all figured out and they're firing on all cylinders. So I, unfortunately, I think Kansas City wins this game. Would you take Cincy to cover the spread? I would, because I do think, like we've talked about, that Joe Burrow does have the ability to to get into a shootout if they need to be. Like you said, I sort of think they need to run it with Mixon too and control the clock if they want to win. But they do have the ability to score points late. And seven's a lot, right? So they could yeah. easily, Joe Burrow can come down and backdoor one late in the game. Yeah, I, I would take Cincy to cover too. Uh, because I've just seen too many wacky things this postseason not to. Because, it, it, like I said, seven's a big number. And, what, you know, last weekend, every game was six points or less. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty good odds that it'll happen again this weekend. Brings us to the NFC Championship game. For the third time this year, we'll see San Francisco at Los Angeles. Los Angeles with the opportunity to host a Super Bowl for the sec, obviously second team in a row to do that following Tampa last year. You know, Tampa, uh, LA is in an interesting position here, uh, Benny, because you know they went full, you know, they went all in. What got Stafford in the off season, got Vaughn in the middle of the year. Obviously, they got Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. They got signed OBJ. You now they got a super team of sorts, and you know making it to this point for Stafford, I'm sure is a great achievement. You've won two playoff games. People will get off your back uh, in a way, but to me, it's only worth it if you win the whole thing. And there'll still be questions about you if you lose this game because of the quarterback you're playing against. But do you think that all the pressure is on LA to, to win this game at home this weekend? I do for pretty much everything you just said. And the fact the game will be at home, the Super Bowl is there in, in a couple of weeks. So all eyes are on them. And like you said, they went all in the OBJ midseason. That kind of just reconfirmed everything. Vaughn Miller, same thing midseason. Um, they're all in. And I mean, I feel like they'll be good, at least for as long as they have Stafford at the helm. He's going to put up numbers and he's going to get you wins. Um, but it does feel like this is sort of it their time they've been hanging around for a while they made the super bowl with uh with golf at the helm and they went out and got a quarterback who they considered to be a lot better so it does feel like all the pressure is on them uh, unfortunately for them they got a team that i don't think they wanted to see in this yeah. matchup not that they would have loved to go to lambo either but san fran they they expose all their weaknesses and i think it should scare them <laughs> Yeah, I said I predicted San Fran would beat Green Bay last week. I had a pretty good week last week. I went three and one. Uh, I thought Buffalo would win, but uh, I, I had the rest. Uh, and I, I totally agree. I said from the beginning that Dallas didn't want San Fran. They did not. They wanted anybody else. Green Bay. That's the worst matchup they could have. It's just there's something about San Fran. I mean, they're so well coached with D'Amico Ryan's on defense, and, and Kyle knows what he's doing, and. You know, there's some crazy stats here. I mean, Jimmy G, a.k.a. porn star Jimmy, is 3-0 in playoff games when he doesn't throw a touchdown pass, which is absurd. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but it is. And he's also 5-1 in his career in the playoffs. 2-0 against Aaron Rodgers. And, like, he's 
He's not an elite quarterback. I don't think he's a great. He's just a good quarter. He makes clutch throws in big moments. I, you know, against the Rams late in the year, that drive was clutch. The overtime drive was clutch. I think that last drive, throwing it to Kittle, giving it to Debo, were big plays. But are, is he good enough to get them back to another Super Bowl? Uh, I want to say no, but I, you almost have to take look at the whole team with the Niners and not just talk about Jimmy. Because I feel like the team is, but him individually, I want to say no. It's like puts your mind in like a pretzel. But right. the, the thing with him is he's due for one, like what was that moment every game? It's yeah. like, when's that moment going to come? When's that moment going to come? So I'm sure he'll have one of those Sunday. The question is like how big and how costly will that moment be? And hopefully it doesn't cost him that season. That, that's a mind-blowing stat that you gave off. He's 3-0 and without tossing a touchdown pass in the playoffs like it doesn't make any sense a guy like say what you want about him he he wins a way to win like you can't deny that for sure yeah he's like 30 he's like 34 and 13 in his career in the nfl which which is crazy he's that's a great winning percentage and nobody thinks he's a great quarterback whatsoever but yeah i look at this game and jimmy can throw but you know San Francisco's best offensive player, and to me it's not even close, is Debo Samuel. He is a utility knife. You know, he's the the all-pro utility knife. Like, he's the Jackhawk 9000. Like, this guy is so unique in how he plays the game with, you know, hit, running the football, you know, having the most rushing touchdowns by a non-running back in the history of the NFL this season, which was crazy. Uh him running, they, they gave it to him on a, a running back draw on a third and seven on the last <laughs> offensive play last week, which you never see. But this guy, he might be banged up, but he's been practicing all week. I think he's tough as nails. He needs to touch the game at least 20 times for me in this game for them to have a chance to win. Oh, he's electric. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that that's part of the game plan. You can use him. He's so versatile, man. He let, he does everything like you touched on. So I think you're bang on. He's key. Everything, every time he touches the ball, um, you sort of expect something cool to happen. Like he's one of those players and there's not many of them where once they get the ball in their hands, no matter what it looks like in front of them, you're like, he's going to find a way to grind out a first down somehow like he'll, he'll make it happen so I agree you get him involved however you can whether run game screen game pass game like they'll find a way to get him involved because like you said they have to to win the game and I also think San Francisco is gonna going to win this game if their defense wins it for them and why I say that is I think the the Rams pass rush is elite. I mean, we watched last Tom Brady. Poof, I consider retirement too. Von Miller looks like 2015 Vaughn. He was balling. Aaron Donald, Leonard Fleet, they got a squad there on defense. Jalen Ramsey got burned once, but he's still the best corner in football, if you ask me. He went up against Mike Evans. Mike Evans is pretty good. He's made a football yeah. every year he's in the league. But San Francisco, Armstead, Arden Key, uh, Obviously, Nick Bosa was concussed, gets two sacks last week. I mean, Fred Warner injures his ankle against the Cowboys, gets a punches out a forced fumble. This defense needs to create some turnovers. We know the Rams will give them up. Uh, that's been their MO all year. If they can create some turnovers and they score off those turnovers, 
that's a huge X factor in this game. Because like you said, I expect Jimmy to throw at least one interception, if not more. If they can force Stafford to throw one or at least get, you know, Cup or, you know, Cam Akers, somebody else to, to fumble and they, they come up with it, they have a much better chance. Because going up offense to offense, it's it looks pretty stacked in the favor of, of the mm-hmm. Rams. And yeah, that San Francisco defense, I think, is part of the reason why it's such a bad matchup for the Rams. Um, Matt Stafford's numbers against the Blitz, phenomenal. I don't know like where he ranked in terms of QBs, but he is definitely near the top. Yeah, he like, had the top QBR in the NFL. Yeah, which makes the play calling on Tampa's side at the end of that game even a bit more questionable, but he's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. But uh, the thing with San Fran is you mentioned all the studs they have on D, headlined by Nick Bosa on that line. They can create pressure with four, so they don't have to blitz, and that's when we've seen Stafford will throw his interceptions. I mean, he looked fantastic, probably the best we've seen him look all year last week. Um, but if you can create that pressure with four, um, I think you, you'll have a lot of success against them. Yeah, and it's a it's a big moment for Stafford. I also think it's a big moment for Aaron Donald because, you know, I think he's, if, he's one of the best players in football, if not the best. I mean, what he does every snap, he's such a good player. They have the teams triple team him. I mean, just to put that into perspective, but, you know, he might go down as the best defensive player ever, uh, potentially. You know, we, we'll wait and see. But, you know, Lawrence Taylor won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Reggie White and all the, you know, the greats won Super Bowls. And I, I think it's important for him to get one, too. Obviously, I think, Staff, I think if Stafford wins one this year, he will get into the Hall of Fame. It won't just be stats anymore. He'll have a Lombardi to put next to his bust. But I think it's a big moment for him as well because Vaughn's got a Super Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. He's going to the Hall. Of, he's going to Canton. I think you know Donald's going, but I think it would mean a lot more if he has at least one Super Bowl on his mantle and on his resume. You're right. I think at this point, like it's almost a no doubter that he'll go no matter what happens to the Hall of Fame. But you're right. There's something about that one Super Bowl because if he doesn't win that Super Bowl, he'll always be. Like he'll have that asterisk almost beside him every time you talk about him. Like it's the same thing with some players that we talk about now. It's like, oh, great player, but he just did. He doesn't have that Super Bowl. He couldn't get it done at the end. So um, I think it's huge for him. Exactly. A perfect example. Like you always, anytime you talk about him, you have to mention that part in it. So um, I think it's a massive, massive opportunity for him to get it done. Like looking at his career, and forgetting the like, just the forgetting the playoffs. Do you think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer? No, no, I don't think so at all. You're right. It's he made the Hall of Fame for what he did in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Right, and I don't even know if he is because he led the interception. <laughs> he led the league in interceptions three times. Like that's that's tough, but did beat Brady twice. So I mean, that's it. I mean, if you get a couple of Super yeah. Bowls, they look at that and say <laughs> you're going in. I mean, Philip Rivers. I think we'll have a tougher time because he didn't yeah. win one. He's got a lot of stats, but got the one AFC championship game. So he never even got to a Super Bowl. That's tough. You know, I, I think he, Eli's, I don't think he's as good as Phillip Rivers, but I do think he's got a way easier chance of getting into Canton than Phillip Rivers will. Yeah. You can argue all day whether rings should matter or not when it comes to Hall of Fame, but I think it's pretty clear. Um to the whoever decides that that rings do matter at the end of the day. 
Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be another. I mean, the third meeting, 49ers have won the first two games this year. Like you said, it's tough to beat a team twice. Uh, 49ers lost to Green Bay the first meeting this year. They beat them last week. KC lost to Buffalo. They did beat them last week. The Rams were the outlier. They beat in Tampa in week three. They beat them again last week. So that was uh, a change of pace. We're, uh, this game is Rams minus three and a half. Who do you like here? Uh, so it's interesting. I know we always say like the tough to beat the team twice in a year or whatever. I saw a, an article today and I was talking about how historically when teams play three times and the team that won the first two, that team actually has the advantage going in their third game again, which I mean, obviously makes sense. They beat the team twice already, but you're right. We always like to think like, ah, it's tough. You can't do it again. Um, I was surprised that this line wasn't, I would have thought it was two and a half. Uh, I'd probably like San Fran against the spread. It feels like a field goal game to me. It just feels like these teams are so evenly matched and both teams are playing well. It feels like it'll come down to a, a turnover on one side of the field, um, whether that's Stafford or Jimmy G, who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, I would, I'd like the Rams by a field goal. Yeah, it's hard to bet against them, but I mean, <laughs> if the Niners win this game and Jimmy G improves to six and one postseason <laughs> record, and he gets to a second Super Bowl, and that would be something to see. He makes two Super Bowls. Uh, you know, that's a tough guy to trade then because I'm sure they want Trey Lance to succeed, but maybe that only increases his trade value because. I don't think he can lead a, you know, a team with subpar talent to the playoffs, but I'm sure a team would think, oh, we can make Jimmy G work here and San Francisco would get a better haul for him. Oh, absolutely. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, we can critique his play and everything all we want. Like we talked about, he finds a way. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And it has to, it has to speak for something like you can't take that away from him. So it's a tough situation no matter what happens they got with Jimmy G coming up yeah San Francisco's fun you know they're they're a good team like the Rams third meeting I think I think both games are gonna be really good this weekend I don't think you can top last weekend but hopefully we see some close scores and it keeps you on the edge of your seat uh the entire day um Big Ben retired today uh, after 18 years all spent in Pittsburgh uh which is pretty incredible uh, when you think of Big Ben and his retirement, what, what do you remember most about Big Ben over his career or just kind of his play? To me, it's just like, especially towards the end of the career, like just like big, goofy, like fun to watch quarterback. And it's prime. Like the guy was a beast. Like you couldn't tackle him. You couldn't bring him down. He had that like infamous pump fake he always did where he basically threw the ball but didn't somehow. Um, so like I'll – the guy was a warrior. You can't take that away from him. He was funny to watch on the sidelines. Every time he got hurt, like every other week, it felt like, <laughs> and he just got the big ice pack on him. So um, I know it was fun as a Pats fan beating him in all, all those playoff games. So that was fun too. But I mean, yeah, the guy balled out. He won a couple of Super Bowls. So um, he had a heck of a career. You can't take that away. Yeah, I think he's the strongest quarterback to ever play the position because he had 270-pound men try to bring him to, and he'd just, like, get off me. Like, yeah. just, just go away. Like, shoot. And then he'd scramble out and throw a, a pass down. Like, he took a beating 
in his career. Like he, he would shrug them off, but then guys would hit him and like they, he, I'm sure he's going to be sore because at the end of his career, he couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't throw it more than 15 yards, but kudos to him that they made the playoffs this year. Uh, I think that's a big achievement. The fact that that, that team did uh, and how little talent he had left and that offense, but yeah, he's definitely uh, a superstar, you know, a two-time Super Bowl champion, which you get that second one. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot of guys with one. You get two, that really puts you in that. I mean, he's there with, with Elway, you know, with some great quarterbacks with, with, with to get two of them. And uh, he'll surely be in Canton in no time. No, for sure. I agree. And I don't think his off the field will cloud – the, it, the it hasn't seemed to like yeah. the reception he's gotten the past couple of weeks has been all positive. So whether it should cloud him a little more, I think that's a different argument, but it doesn't I, seem to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and are you uh, laying any bets this weekend? Are you going to bet on the two games, any props, anything that uh, you, you bet every weekend on the games? How does that work for you? Yeah, I pretty much do every game. Not not in the regular season. I don't have that much money in me. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, the playoff games I have been. So I'll, I'll probably be on the the Bengals like we already talked about, just because yeah. that's betting from the heart, not the head. Right. Um, but sometimes that's what you got to do. Um, and then I, I haven't made up my mind. I'm leaning towards San Fran in this game, but that'll probably be a game time decision. What do you think the over is for Cincinnati, Kansas City? I feel like that's got to be similar to what it was. I was on the over for the Buffalo KC game, which just made that game even more fun. Like it was, right. it was a joy, but I would assume it's probably fairly similar. 54. Yeah, 54 and a half. Okay. Yeah. So it's almost, yeah, the exact same. So I'm not surprised by that. That would be a fun over too. If, yeah. If it that'd, hit. A, that'd be a fun one. <laughs> it's a, it's I, I think. Number, but. I also think like longest field goal might be an interesting one too, because it, you know, McPherson's 50 plus it's going through, you know, that. Yeah. 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 And Bucker. Yeah. Like he has the leg guy got a hose on his leg, but he has shown last week, at least he was a little all over the map. So. Well, we're a few days away from these big games. Uh, I'm sure we'll be watching and enjoying them. But uh, Benny, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on. I, I really appreciate it, and, and we'll be in touch real soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a great night, and as always, we'll talk soon.